friends, colleagues. This is a special episode of The Nurse Keith Show. There is no episode number, no music, no advertisements, no asks. This is just me to you with nothing else getting in the way. Today is Sunday, August 4th, and the country is reeling from two mass shootings that occurred within a period of less than 24 hours. We have a number of people dead in Dayton, Ohio, and many injured, and a number of people tragically killed and injured in El Paso. We also recently had the shooting in Gilroy, California at a garlic festival. This is the 215th day of 2019, and there have been more than one mass shooting per day since 2019 began on January 1st. That's an incredible number of mass shootings, which are generally defined as more than three people being killed in a single incident. I just saw an article online that talks about a group of doctors who last winter gathered together 40 medical organizations who normally operate separately, and they join together to address the 40,000 firearm-related deaths that occur each year. Granted, mass shootings are a small percentage. The rest are individual homicides, accidents, and suicides. But we can say unequivocally that gun violence is an issue here in the United States in the 21st century, and it is not getting better, and it is getting exponentially worse. So the meeting of these doctors that happened in Chicago last year with these 40 medical organizations was in response to a tweet from the National Rife Association last November 2018 that said, quote, someone should tell self-important anti-gun doctors to stay in their lane, unquote. Now, I know that this episode of The Nurse Keith Show may alienate some of my listeners, those who are supporters of the NRA, those who feel very strongly about the powers of the Second Amendment, and those who don't necessarily subscribe to my progressive, pretty left-wing politics. And I am willing to take that risk because as a nurse... And as a former public health nurse, I feel that gun violence and these mass shootings and deaths by guns in other milieus and other situations is a public health crisis and should be treated as one. Yes, there are political or potentially political solutions and legislative solutions. However, this is a public health issue that the healthcare community needs to take up. I may sound rather grim today because this is grim news. It's a difficult subject to talk about. I am not my usual happy, bouncy self, but I feel compelled to talk about this issue now because it is so, so very important and timely. So speaking of that tweet from the National Rifle Association from November of 2018, a trauma surgeon in New York, New Jersey she decided to snap a picture of the waiting room where she meets with the families of people who have died from violence. And her tweet said, quote, Hey, NRA, 
Want to see my lane? Here's the chair I sit in when I tell parents their kids are dead. How dare you tell me I can't research evidence-based solutions, unquote. And she used the hashtags, this is my lane, this is our lane. These doctors and some nurses who I've seen online talk about how we are pledged to do no harm. Now, yes, we are pledged to do no harm in our practices, but I believe our pledge to do no harm extends to our, let's say, community responsibility to speak up and speak out when we see something happening in our communities, in our states, in our cities, in the country that need to be addressed. The question I need to ask, and it is somewhat rhetorical, is how many deaths from gun violence are too many? When does the needle move? When do we decide that thoughts and prayers are no longer enough and we need to actually do something? There are many people who feel that legislative solutions and background checks and bans on assault rifles are not the way to go, but I would love to hear some other ideas if anyone listening feels that those are not viable solutions. What solutions are there? According to an interview I heard with Bernie Sanders on CNN this morning, I think this is true. I'll have to fact check it and, well, we'll see. But he stated that there are more assault weapons owned by civilians in the United States, and he quoted a number of millions, and he said this is more assault rifles than the military has here in the United States. I'll definitely have to fact check with that one, but I think the point he was trying to make, whether that is completely accurate or not, is that there are too many assault rifles out in this country in the hands of people who don't really need them. Now, you may disagree. You may have an assault rifle. You may take it out for target practice out there somewhere. But you know what? When we say that only bad people shouldn't have assault rifles, how do we make the determination who is bad and who is good? How do we decide who gets them and who doesn't? Now, as I said earlier, this is, it is, it is, it is a public health issue. Yes, it's political, but I don't believe in the bigger picture it is actually a political issue. This is public health and safety. Now, cars, automobiles, are weapons. They are huge, fast-moving pieces of metal that can drive very fast. They have been used as weapons and they are unequivocally dangerous. Now, what do we do when someone wants to drive this dangerous high-speed piece of metal on rubber wheels around the country? We make sure they are licensed and insured so that public safety is protected that the drivers are tested and vetted, we know who they are, we know where they live, we know where their cars are, and we can track them down if we want to. Every vehicle has a vehicle identification number, and this is the way we do it because it is what needs to be done to protect public health and to make sure people stay as safe as possible. We don't let teenagers just hop in cars and drive. We teach them, we educate them, we test them, and then we give them provisional licenses, and then they can take that incredibly dangerous high-velocity machine on the road, and we hope and pray that they are safe and that no one gets hurt 
from their driving or their interactions with other drivers. Now, back in the day, and still today, tobacco has been seen as a danger to public health. The tobacco industry fought tooth and nail to keep us from extolling the non-virtues of tobacco and tobacco smoke and even chewing tobacco. They fought, 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 and we eventually won at the federal level against the tobacco industry and tobacco use has been declining overall for quite a few years and there is tighter and tighter controls over big tobacco and that is the way it is supposed to be because it is a public health issue because tobacco is dangerous. Now, in the early 80s into the 90s when we found that sex was dangerous, when HIV and AIDS came out, that was a public health issue. And what did we do? We educated people. We made sure they knew how to practice safer sex. There really is no such thing as safe sex, but we do have safer sex. And result of that was a decrease in the spread of infection and then the development of medications to protect the public health. So why, why, I ask, is there such incredible vehement resistance to seeing gun violence as a public health issue. Nurses, doctors, physical therapists, social workers, psychologists, everyone out there, pharmacists, hashtag this is our lane, hashtag this is my lane. We are allowed, we have the right to speak out against gun violence. We have the right to say what we think. We have the right to counteract the messages of the NRA or anyone with whom we disagree. Yes, hate mail may result from my putting out this message. Yes, I may lose some fans, some members of my audience, some followers, some listeners. This is just too important to stay silent about. Because you know what? Silence equals complicity. What did we say after the Holocaust occurred back in the late 30s and, and early 40s of the 20th century? The people who remained silent and who put their heads under the covers or buried their heads in the sand were complicit in what happened during the Holocaust because they chose to do nothing and they chose to not speak out. This is our moment nurses, we can speak up. We can speak out. We can use social media. We can use blogs. We can use one-to-one -one conversations. We can speak with our mayors, our city councilors, our state and federal legislators. We can write to the president. We can write to Congress. We can write letters to the editor. We can do anything that we want to do that we feel a responsibility to do in order to counteract the scourge of gun violence that is impacting our communities. Today at the gym, I was watching CNN while I was on a cross-training machine, and I was also reading the news on my phone during the commercials on CNN, and I was crying as I exercised because I was feeling the pain of the people out there who've lost loved ones to gun violence. Now. Our family's best friend was killed by gun violence back in the early years of the 21st century. Now, he was killed by the police. It is a long story. But when there are gun deaths, violent gun deaths, well, every gun death is violent. When these occur and I hear about them 
it definitely triggers my post-traumatic stress around that incident and around the many, many other people I have heard about, people who are friends or loved ones or connections in some way to people I know or people who live in those communities where those people have been murdered and killed and have died needlessly, unnecessarily, violently, and tragically. And so many of us can be triggered by, and that is no pun intended, we can be triggered by these situations that happen, by the tragedy of so many people taking up arms and deciding to go out there and kill others because they are disgruntled, because they are unhappy, because they feel vulnerable, because they feel their jobs are being taken away, because they feel people are entering the country illegally and taking away our resources. It is a defense. It is a sick, unhappy, tragic way of dealing with the situation. Those people who go out and kill others, there are so many other ways that they could speak out and try to do something and speak to their convictions and their beliefs and their ideologies. But no, they decide to take matters into their own hands and go out and kill innocent people. Like the person in Virginia at the white nationalist rally several years ago who ran his truck onto the sidewalk and killed an innocent woman and injured so many people. He made a choice to do that. He made a choice to use that dangerous weapon of a high-velocity vehicle to kill others. Now, what can we truly do as healthcare professionals, as advocates of public health? We need to speak out for greater mental health coverage, greater mental health treatment and screening in this country. We can speak out about gun violence. We can speak out about legislation that needs to happen. We can speak out about bump stocks, about the magazines that carry incredible numbers of bullets that no one needs other than people in the military. We can speak out to our legislators. We can talk to the media. We can make our presence known. Nurses are the most trusted professionals in the United States every year. We can bond together, we can join together and decide to do something about gun violence rather than sitting back and waiting for the people to be brought into the emergency room for us to try to save. And just think about the secondary trauma experienced by the people who witness these killings, the nurses and doctors and other people in the healthcare system who have to treat these people, who have to meet with the families to tell them that their loved ones died. This is a tragedy. If you have had to deal with gun violence, either you've known someone who's been killed by gun violence, you've treated patients who were injured or killed by gun violence, if you've responded to mass killings, EMTs, paramedics, I would love to hear from you. I want to know your story. Folks, I am sad and apoplectic today. I am so angry, I am frustrated, and I just needed to say something because something needs to be said, and we need to say it over and over again. This podcast episode, this special episode of The Nurse Keith Show is one way that I'm speaking out. This will go out to thousands of people, and I am going to find more ways to speak out because I feel that it is my duty, my responsibility morally and ethically as a healthcare provider and as a citizen to do so. 
If you would like to join me, please email me at Keith at NurseKeith.com. Let me know what you're doing. Let me know what actions you're taking, or let me know what you're feeling. If you're feeling fear, anxiety, anger, anything you're feeling, I would like to know. I really want to know how you feel. And if you disagree with me, let me know. I want to know why you disagree, how you disagree, and what you think should be done. I will listen to all comers. I will listen to all opinions. I will take them in and consider them, cogitate on them, digest them, and see if they impact the way that I see this situation. Yes, this is a podcast episode that isn't flashy. It, it's not sexy. It's not funny. It is tragic. It is sad. I would rather not be recording this right now on a beautiful Sunday afternoon here in Santa Fe, New Mexico, but it needs to be done. Anyway, sadly, this is Nurse Keith reporting from Santa Fe, New Mexico on Sunday, August 4th, 2019. I hope you will take some action. I hope you'll be in touch. And I wish you all well and peace, health, and happiness to you and yours today and every day. Thank you.